0: Welcome back to 32 fans in 32 days. And today, Akiva, we have real football. The Patriots and Steelers are starting the 2015 season tonight. Are you excited?
1: Um, I mean, I'd be more excited if it was the Jets playing, but I'm moderately excited.
0: Well, fine. You'll have to wait three more days for that. I think most of America is more interested in this game than the Jets game. I
1: am against- pretty sure that the Jets Browns <laughs> is what everybody's waiting for.
0: Yeah, um, that'll be like the corner TV in the bar with Sunday ticket. All right, but actually, let's let's focus on the the topic at hand today. The topic at hand today is the Seattle Seahawks, who were one yard away from hosting tonight's game and from you know attempting to possibly become back to back to back Super Bowl champions, but alas. They are not. And so we have them ranked number two going into the season. Uh, You have them number two behind New England, which we did yesterday. I have them number two behind Green Bay, the team that they beat in that uh, fantastic NFC championship game. So you think that this is still the best team in the NFC?
1: I kind of do, but I also have seen a huge backlash against the Seahawks mounting in the last week or so. I'm not sure if you've seen that also.
0: No, tell me about this backlash. I think
1: a lot of it is predicated on the fact that they don't have Cam Chancellor in camp right now. They have a couple guys who aren't 100 percent and people are just nervous about, you know, the secondary. And if they don't have that, you know, all world secondary, then they're just another really good team.
0: It's funny. Did you see Robert Mays, his article last week talking about like the best teams at each position in the league? Yeah. Well, you know where this is going, right?
1: Well, the Seahawks were the best.
0: No, no. So he has said best secondary. So for each p- position, he oh, said he Minnesota, I
1: think, is better than Seattle. Yeah, right? it's not
0: just that he had Minnesota better than Seattle, but he said Min- Seattle was the best in 2014, 2013, 2012. Like, I mean, Seattle's had an absolute – their their secondary has just been on another level. And, um, you know, they lost – obviously, they lost Maxwell already. And as you said, now there's issues with Chancellor. Um Look, I would still rather have the Seattle secondary than, than the Vikings secondary, and it's not close. But, um, you know, he's he's trying to be a little provocative in that article. But the point is that, yeah, if if they lose that position of strength, then sort of, you know, that's the trump card that they hold over every other team. Uh, but, you know, we'll get into those particulars when we bring our guest on. Is there anything else going on exciting in your life, Akiva?
1: No, I'm just super excited. This is the second to last one of these bad boys, and I'm super excited to almost be done.
0: Yeah, um, our wives are as well, although we haven't yet told them about the, uh, the new, uh, the new weekly podcast, right? We're going to be doing the, uh, the Guess the Lines.
1: I think so, at least until Bill Simmons and cousin Sal come back. We, I, we have, I will say I have really carefully avoided all line talk and all, you know, I have not seen one line, uh, just in case we do the stupid podcast in the next, we have to do it soon because I got to make my picks against the spread for all my pools.
0: Yeah, it's very difficult to avoid. Actually, Bill Simmons today made a uh, comment on, on Instagram and Twitter about himself and Cousin Sal, how they how they guessed the lines together today, but without a podcast, of course. And I, I clicked the picture not knowing what it was, and then as soon as I saw that it was an email between the two of them, I, I mean, I was looking on my phone, so it was very small, so I didn't see anything. Um, although I, I think- You're saying you think think didn't look. I, well, I didn't look, but I think that our Steelers f- fan made reference to the line in, in, the, in the week one game, didn't he? Or somebody did. I think we Although told someone, line,
1: but I, I, we, I think we shut them up fast enough that I have no idea. And what the truth is, that about.
0: line, that line, whatever it was then, would have changed by now because Tom Brady's playing in the game. So, But, you know, we'll get to that all in good time. Let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks. And, and joining us today to talk about the Seahawks is your former roommate and a, a newly engaged man, Josh Grashen. Hi, guys. Uh, pleasure to be here. Josh, congratulations on your impending nuptials. Thank you very much. Josh, talk about what it's like to live with me first.
2: Ah, uh, former roommate. Yeah. That I don't think this is an R-rated podcast. Yeah, I guess um, probably
1: don't talk about it.
0: Yeah, you why? Know. We, we've had we've had f bombs now in three. I know, episodes. but this, oh, is this is more this like is way em- worse. this is like e bombs.
1: This,
2: this is like embarrassing. Yeah. Ones. It's really, Keeve would
1: not we, want We, we had a few
0: things. of those
2: at the Giants podcast. Keeve would, would not want these things broadcast. Yeah, no, no this, could, you know, this is
1: like forever. My kids could listen to this one day. I mean, hopefully they, they wouldn't. Would <laughs> yeah. Things would have gone pretty badly.
0: Akiva, <laughs> I, I think at the Baltimore Ravens podcast, I openly said that I would trade my family's lives for uh, John Harbaugh as my team's coach. So I'm, I'm hoping that our children never listen to this. Yeah. And if our kids that'll, are listening, it's like, like they want damage. one
1: shred of like evidence that we ever existed. It's probably bad news.
0: Yeah. Uh, Josh, uh, if, if your fiance was the coach of the Seattle Seahawks and she called a pass play to a receiver nobody's ever heard of, you know, in the slot mm-hmm. on the penultimate play of the Super Bowl, are you still going through with the wedding?
2: Well, I should have known that this would be the first, second, and third question that would be asked. Um, you know, I, I, I've i gone through some dark days thinking about that play. And, um <laughs> In all honesty, I don't think it was the pass call so much as it was the specific pass that was called. Um, I think, you know, you calling a you throwing a play in the middle leaves so much margin for error. If you throw a useless fade that is, you know, Never has a five percent chance right, of right. being caught, um, but also like a zero percent chance of being intercepted, who cares? Like you wasted down, you still have two shots with Marshawn Lynch from the one, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I certainly have to question her judgment after a call like that.
0: Yeah, and I actually strongly agree with you on that. It's not like, oh, run. They're also expecting a run, although with the Pats, maybe they weren't. You're right. It's not the pass that's a bad idea. It was the specific play It was the specific
2: play. It was to a receiver. You know, they don't have any receivers, pretty much, who have been drafted. um, That's an unusual situation, right?
1: I mean, you you have a team in the Super Bowl in such a, like, passing and receiver-heavy league with no decent
0: receivers. It was just such a bizarre game. You know— Well, but but they— they won the Super Bowl the previous year with the same situation. Well, they had yeah.
1: Harvin. I mean, although he, you know, he was like half there, but he, there. The, there in the Super, the Super Bowl, Bowl. He
0: returned a kick for a touchdown. That's yeah, yeah, all yeah. he really right. did. Yeah,
2: you know, I'll, I'll say that that single play, and I don't know if I am jumping the gun, you know, single handedly led them to get Jimmy Graham in the off season uh, because as it, as it stood last year, they had one guy who was capable of scoring from the one yard line, and he wasn't a receiver. It was Marshawn Lynch, so they didn't have a single person that they would normally feel comfortable to throw to. Um, and maybe that was part of their whole game theory that they would throw it to someone who, you know, they never expected it to happen. But I just think from from the call to the execution was just a disaster.
0: The craziest thing about that whole play is how it really bails out Bill Belichick for what would have got out in history as one of the worst coaching blunders of all time. The fact calling, that he let those yeah. 25 seconds tick off the clock. And in re- and retroactively, idiot homers like Bill Simmons tried to say, oh no, Belichick was so genius, he intentionally didn't call a timeout because the Seahawks were expecting a timeout and it threw them off. Right, and also, a lot of pass. people
1: say that, uh, you know, that they thought the Seahawks were kind of rattled and they didn't know yeah, what to I, do. I,
0: Completely wrong on every count, sure. unjustifiable. Yeah. He left 25 seconds on the tick off the clock in a situation where the overwhelming likelihood is that the other team's going to score and you're going to get the ball back and try. I mean, it was coaching malpractice. And I don't know if he froze or if he just had a senile senior moment. I don't know what happened there, but it was completely unforgivable. And now nobody talks about it, and everybody talks about you know, the, the Seahawks as, as the ones who made the terrible coaching decision and, right at the end.
2: And I can tell you, I was at a Super Bowl party with all Seahawks fans, obviously, and we were all wondering why he wasn't calling a timeout. And we were afraid because of the way they had moved the ball. Uh, we didn't want him to call a timeout, obviously. you know. And when when the opposite team is, is rooting for exactly what happened, you know the coach was making a big mistake because yeah. with a minute left – you know, they could drive down and kick a field goal, and that game's tied.
0: It's crazy, though, that your team won the Super Bowl the previous year. You were just in the Super Bowl last year. And not only are you not over I mean, you know, instead of being sort of in, in a moment of elation, oh, man, we still have, you know, one of the best one or two teams in the league. You have this sort of sense of foreboding over you.
2: It's It's a very odd feeling, and it's one of those, like, first-world problem type of things where – I don't yeah, expect Keith and I want to
0: punch you right now. Yeah,
2: I don't expect anyone to feel sympathy for me. That like, but
1: you used to live eat out of the garbage like the Jets and Vikings fans. Yeah. It's only been a couple for, years that you've been like it's, this. It's
2: been like three You know what? I remember, Keith, we did a podcast previewing the Seahawks the, the year they got uh Russell Wilson. And I believe that I was saying that there was a lot of optimism and that I and which for a Seahawks fan is crazy to say, or at least it was back then. And I believe that's the year they ended up going to when they lost that really crazy game in Atlanta. But, you know, clearly there was cause for optimism, and they've done nothing to get any worse, certainly, um, other than their secondary, which you guys mentioned in your intro. But, yeah, it's, it's a really unique problem to have to, to basically be the favorites to go back to a third Super Bowl in a row, and all you can think about is not wanting to watch any games because they're just going to show that highlight over and over and over again.
0: Well, I can tell you as a fan of a team that unfortunately has, with great regularity, found a spectacular <laughs> way to blow it in the you know at the very last moment of a playoff game, in right. which it looks like you were going to you know in my is usually make the Super Bowl not win it, but you always go in the next year thinking, all right, well we were you know a split second away, we were the favorites, you know a fluke happened, we're right there again, the next year is always a disaster at least in my <laughs> experience.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just think at least I hope for like at least another year or two, There's just too much talent on this team for it to be a disaster. Um, they still have Lynch and I don't think they have a good plan of what to do when Lynch is done. Um, but they still have Lynch, you know, that that second corner spot of opposite Richard Sherman has been a revolving door for now for a couple of years, but the most important member of their secondary uh, I mean, the most two important two members of their secondary are Earl Thomas and Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll just you know he he turns like he turns a lot of crap into um into a lot of success I mean people you people try to pick on that opposite corner and they get five yards here five yards there but they just can't throw deep as long as Earl Thomas is healthy which is an if this year more than any other year but I think in the beginning of the year they'll miss cam Chancellor as as you guys also mentioned uh, but I
0: do think he'll come back when he realizes he doesn't really have much recourse well let me ask you you mentioned lynch At this time last year, or even like towards the end of the regular season last year, people assumed that Lynch would be gone after the season. Mm -hmm. You know, first of all, he's an aging running back, and then of course he ended up having you know arguably his best season at age twenty eight. And I think that actually that last play was a big part of why they brought him back. I'm not saying that they wouldn't have otherwise, but I think that the way that play went down forced them to bring him back because if they wouldn't have after that, there would have been a huge backlash. And I almost felt like, well, now we have to bring Lynch back, and they and they paid him. uh, You're paying over ten million dollars for running back, which in this day and age. is sort of going against the grain in the NFL. But did you, do you think that he may not have come back but for that play? Or? Well, I think had they won the Super
2: Bowl, there was a good chance that he wouldn't. I also – it's it's tricky. I mean there were a lot, there was a lot of conspiracy theories that Pete Carroll didn't want Lynch or the Seahawks in general didn't want Lynch to be the MVP of that game um and do you buy
0: all that bullshit i mean i
2: i don't buy it at all uh because i think frankly you're 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 winning and ultimately you're probably giving it to the quarterback anyway uh but i I don't buy it for a second um i think that like lynch is like a different kind of different kind of dude um and (laughs) he like he kind of does what he wants to do and and i don't think he's quite human the way like most people are. So I I don't have a big problem with him coming back for another year. I don't think – it's not like he's fast anyway. Um, He's got to be one of the slowest successful running backs in the league. Um, So I don't think like him getting older – I mean he's taken obviously a lot of hits. But he also scares the shit out of people as he's running at them. And he avoids a lot of those kind of big collisions in that in that regard. I also think that more so than maybe anyone but the Vikings, their offensive identity revolves around him. And I don't think they have a good plan B for what happens without him.
1: Yes. You talk about plan B, you know, there's not much to say about Jimmy Graham really, Uh, you know, but you look at the offense as a whole and you have one of the top QBs in the league, you have, uh, you know, the universally considered second best tight end in the league and Lynch Mm -hmm. who's, you know, what is he? Second, third, fourth, somewhere around there in terms of, uh, running backs you know within the in the peterson bell lacy charles camp um Mm -hmm. but then after that like you said they've never really had a succession plan for lynch and they have fred jackson i think is a short-term band-aid maybe right but he's 35 he's been he's been the oldest running back in the league
0: for like five years now
1: and christian michael didn't work out and robert Turbin hasn't really showed anything
0: christine michael was a lindsey hunter all-star by the way that's right very hot uh, christine
1: (laughs) michael Um, and she was,
0: she was better looking off the field, apparently.
1: (laughs) And even though, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham is there, the receiving core still to me on paper might be the worst in the league. Um, I think it is actually like just in terms of what they've accomplished and what to expect. So is there at running back at receiver behind Graham at tight end? Is there anyone there that you think like, Oh no, they're going to be like, come the next guy this year. Like the defense always has someone step up or no.
2: So They are incredibly excited about their the wide receiver they took in the draft in the third round Tyler Lockett um he he has three touchdowns over 60 yards in the preseason which you know I know is the preseason but one was a kick return one was a punt return and one was like a catch you know he's in the Antonio Brown mold meaning he's like a short really really fast guy who's a very precise route runner um so they're they're really excited about him but honestly no there's no one who's gonna Emerge. I mean, honestly, their their biggest weakness was the red zone. Um, Apart from the only people who could score with any regularity were Lynch, Wilson on like you know some sort of keeper, and that was it. So they needed someone who can win a jump ball, and I think that the play in the Super Bowl single handedly led them there. But no, I mean, like their receiving core, they're hoping that will be they'll be more open with someone like Graham taking some attention, but realistically. No one's going off for 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. It's just not going to happen with this group. Um, and they're not really asked to do that. They don't throw enough to really need someone to do that. But it's it's not going to happen. I, I don't see it. I think Pete Carroll has a lot of swings and misses, um, and, and John Schneider, the GM. There are a lot of swing and misses on offense. Um, every running back they've drafted, I mean – you know, they got Fred Jackson. They got him as the as the backup because he's a great pass blocker. That's really the only reason. Their their backup turban is is hurt uh for, with a high angle sprint. They don't know when he's coming back. Um they got him as insurance, especially and then they felt okay trading um Christine Michael. But the only person I expect to pop, I expect Graham to catch a lot of touchdowns, um, but not have many yards. And it might free up some of the guys. And Lockett's the big name to watch, I would say. But not
0: Lockett, the one who uh, you know, got the ball wrestled not away from him in the Super correct. Bowl. Correct. There, there are two Locketts now on this oh, team. Oh, that's confusing. Yeah. And let me ask you about Chris Matthews, speaking of multiple people with the same name. He's he's really big. He had 100 yards in the Super Bowl. Is he like a, a big piece of this offense going forward, or was that just sort of a fluke in that game? He,
2: he almost got cut. Um, so I guess not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't have a catch in the regular season last year. Um I think part of that was part of the Super Bowl plan was they knew he'd be ignored um is my
0: guess because they he he was very nearly cut. The Patriots tried that with uh, Chad Johnson Cinco against the Giants, but uh he couldn't catch let me ask right. you so let me ask you a question uh This is a stat I came up with myself uh just before we started the podcast so Max Unger, who they traded, only played six games last year, and I was sort of interested to see the impact he had so and again, it's small sample size you know we're com- talking about six games that he played versus ten that he didn't. But in the six games he played, they averaged 28 points a game versus 22 in the games he didn't. And in the six games he played, the Seahawks rushed for over 200 yards a game uh, versus in the 10 games he didn't, they only rushed for 154 yards a game. Now I say only, 154 still would have led the league. The Seahawks were first in the league at 173 overall, which is absurd. Nobody else is at 150. So, you know, even in the 10 games he missed, they still had the best rushing attack in the league. But obviously, you know, it was... It was a third better rushing over 200 yards a game when he played. So is the interior of that offensive line going to struggle with Inaugural's absence and, and possibly the, the running game as well a little bit?
2: Oh, I mean, I think the pass protection in the first few weeks and maybe the whole year is going to be a disaster. And it, and it pretty much was last year. Um, you know, a little trade secret for those who didn't watch Seahawks games every week like I did. I mean, Wilson's running for his life half the time and he just happens to be very escapable. Like he's very short and he, you know, he's he's got a really good instinct for where to go um, and never gets hit very hard. So he, you know, he is very uniquely suited to survive that kind of offensive line. But truth be told, um, yeah, there's going to be big problems. Um, I think because they they have kind of the zone blocking scheme, the running game always is, you know, it's always going to have some success, and they do it almost almost willing to sacrifice some of the pass protection. I think they get different kind of offensive linemen to to fit that scheme who aren't necessarily great pass protectors. But I mean, they're fragile. Their best offensive lineman is is you know Russell Okung, their left tackle, and you know he's banged up all the time. So if he goes down, like they're they're running for their lives a lot, and I think the only reason they survive is because of Wilson. Um, and his escapability, and because they're not, they're willing to have Lynch run three yards and then carry guys for three more yards on most plays.
0: Let me ask you one question about Wilson. Uh, you know, first of all, I think he's a little underrated by by people like Akiva in our quarterback rankings, who sort of look at traditional quarterback stats and they don't look at the value he adds. You know, running the football and you know keeping you know escaping pressure. He's he's very dynamic on the field. My question is off the field. He seems like such an unlikable robot. You know, and this is and this is even before he's peddling you know anti scientific crap about drinking his branded water to avoid you know CTE. But as a Seahawks fan, you know Lynch is such a great character, and then obviously the defense is stocked with them. And and but Wilson's going to be the guy our team is built around for the next dozen years. So is is you know is he sort of a like how do you feel about him? I guess as a Seahawks fan, it's
2: it's painful to root for him off the field. <laughs> it's painful. Me and my friends talk about it all the time. He just seems like even two years ago before he went full. You know, full crazy. Um, he he just seemed like a robot who never said the wrong thing, and just seemed like he was built to be like a corporate spokesman. And now he's just gone off the rails with his hoe. First of all, do you really want a quarterback
0: who's not getting laid? Well, I like, was about to say, you know, I don't. I, I, I think he's uh, he's he's sending you a message, Josh. You know, if he can wait till the wedding for Ciara, I think uh, you know <laughs> you might be engaged, but. <laughs> Well, I do have some insider information that, that it's bullshit. Um, yeah, so do he, I. You know what the insider waves. information is called? I have a penis and yeah, I've seen Ciara. It,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, that too. But um, I have a friend who knows people inside the locker room and he called the Percy Harvin trade before it happened, oh, which is that's the, that's the that's only funny. reason I give any validity because no one was talking about it. Like it came out of the blue. And he basically said that like last year, Wilson was banging different girls. Like every week, so maybe he's changed his maybe he's changed his tune a little bit. Since Allegedly, last year.
1: Wait, I, I also yeah. there is some weird. Th- isn't Wilson divorced also?
2: Yeah. yeah, he had that he had that first. Wife. And that's a weird and story. No one knows, also, I think no one knows the reason why. There were rumors, and now about she's Golden like Tate. dating
1: another guy in the team, or she's friends. I don't. There's a weird story there.
2: Oh, you know what? I don't know that.
1: Or Golden Tate maybe? I don't know. Well, there were rumors.
2: Golden Tate sleeps with
0: other people's wives.
2: That's that's a, a that's a rumor
0: and has not yet been verified. I would say. Well, this podcast is all awesome about. It. Schefter's working
1: on <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah,
0: no, not Schefter. Grashion's inside guy. Ch- Chester is working on it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so now let's turn to the roster game. Seven.
1: Uh, what do you know about Brandon Meebane?
2: Pulled his hamstring last year, halfway through the year. The run defense suffered for a few games because of it. Um, he had, it was he was out the rest of the year. He's basically their biggest defensive line like run stopper. He's also I think the oldest tenured Seahawk, maybe at this point behind. Well, this is ninth Hunter.
1: year, so if he's been on the team the whole year, yeah. He, uh... I think he's always unless been on has the John Ryan been on the team the whole. The, so the, that's what I just said. It could okay, be other than because that's the his Hunter. tenth year, John Ryan, and it's uh, yeah. it's not a very old team. It's sort of like a middle aged team, if that makes sense. Because. Tavares Jackson is the only other player who has double digits uh seasons and
0: then right. There's
1: Lynch and Tavares uh, Jackson's friends. been
0: in the NFL for 10 plus seasons.
1: He's been cashing those checks, man.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. We, we uh, talk
1: about I, like how backup QBs do well, a great job. I,
2: you have obviously history with um with Tavares Jackson, but you'd have to agree that he's in like the top half of backups wouldn't you say
0: well yeah i mean he's a pass he could look when yeah. you look at some you of you guys the are toast situa- if
1: wilson goes down let's not talk uh, i yourself mean hundred
0: percent okay, yeah but but i'd rather have tavaris jackson than like the shit shows in cleveland or buffalo yeah, or houston exactly. yeah he's you know you don't want him in the playoffs but yeah he could he could yeah. win you a game or two he could not lose you some games yeah you know you we're talking about long tenured seahawks and and one of the things i think that annoys people about the seahawks but this is really what happens to any team i mean the red Sox with their pink hats were the, were example one a of this is that you have all the bandwagon fans jump on and now like the whole you know northwest pacific region of the country is obsessed with this team even though you know 90 percent of them probably have no idea who chris warren was so you know talk about that as a long-suffering seahawks fan ha- have you noticed that that all of a sudden everybody in the region pretends that they're a diehard fan even though
1: the pink hats
0: yeah you mean like my mom for instance <laughs> <Do> <laughs> and not all have... of her friends
2: yeah
1: do not defame debbie grashen
2: <laughs> uh you know there there might be another one soon
1: but, but Chester, what's your opinion on marrying someone who has the same name as your mom? Uh,
0: it's, risky. it's risky.
1: It's risky, right? It's all yeah. weird. Okay. Keep
0: going. Right, well, I guess I'll call it off. Yeah, call it off. So. <laughs>
1: Just call it something um, else. You don't have to call off the whole thing. Come on.
2: Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's annoying as, as anything else like that. I mean, like whenever you like a movie before anyone else, it's really annoying when it becomes really popular. And all like seeing all the moms in shul, like wearing jerseys outside of, you know, is is, like absurd. (laughs) Uh, My mom, you know, at least had to watch games just by osmosis growing up because she had four boys. That being said, what I will say is going home during football season, there is a palpable energy to Seattle that like, I don't really remember being there growing up because you know it there were a couple years where the mariners were good and the city was just a fun place to be so while each person individually is really annoying it does kind of add a cumulatively fun effect.
0: If that makes no, sense. No, I agree with you, actually. One downside of living in New York is because there's so many teams and, you know, there's split allegiances. You don't have that feeling. Anytime I go back to Minnesota during the fall, like for Thanksgiving, for example, mm-hmm. it's, and the Vikings obviously haven't been anywhere close to what Seattle's been the last few years, but you're still, the entire city's in purple and you see flags on cars and in the airport. And yeah, there is something exciting about that. Um, and right. especially, I guess, you know, you live in New York as well now. And so when you get, you get to go back once in a while. And, and you, so that part is fun. Look, the fact they call themselves the 12s is annoying as all hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, totally. Like, listen,
2: I think the Seahawks lead the league in people that you would hate if they weren't on your team. You yeah. know what I mean? Like hating Richard Sherman is super easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hating Doug Baldwin is super.
1: Even Pete Carroll. Even Pete Carroll's like a 9 11 truther weirdo.
0: Yeah, Pete Carroll is
2: like a crazy person. He just happens to really know how to coach defense and motivate players. Also, Um, the the Seahawks
0: fans, like the 2005 Super Bowl was one of the most boring Super Bowls I've ever seen. It was like an unwatchable, boring game. The Steelers won. The game was never really in doubt. And until the Seahawks finally won the Super Bowl, you know. Eight years later, you never heard the end of Seattle fans complaining about the refereeing in that game and how you know they were cheated and screwed. Like, there's been oh, so Josh many teams. Oh, Josh will still
1: give you a half hour on that. Yeah, sorry, there are so good. many <laughs> teams
0: who've had worse luck. In you want to do a
2: podcast about 2005 cheating in Super Bowl? <laughs> we could we could do a whole series. Yeah,
0: like we could make this cereal. Uh, um, yeah, but you know, let's. Um, I think we took the roster game off the rail, so let's bring it back. Give us another number, one um, to one hundred. Yeah.
2: Well, how did I do on the first one? I got to say pretty well. Yeah, right? yeah, as
1: long as you know who the guy is, you're basically passing the test.
2: Oh. All right. Chester uh, got
1: the backup long snapper on his first guess. Yeah, well, yeah and I made fun of him and sense. now he's the starting <laughs> long snapper. Then you
0: gave me some quarterback <laughs> I never heard of. Now they cut their third stringer and he's the oh, new third stringer. Oh, you got to know every
1: quarterback on your roster. I don't give you well, any Well, at, uh, at the
0: time he was an undrafted rookie out of Old Dominion who was just there's The there's only camp. like
1: 4 QBs <laughs> on your
0: team. You got to know all 4. Well, now he's one of the 3 on the on the permanent roster, so I really screwed that one also. All right one more number, Josh. <laughs> uh,
2: I'll say 3. Uh, who's Jordan Hill? He is a
0: defensive
2: lineman as well, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Not a starter, right?
2: Not a starter. I mean, they have a guy, Jordan Hill, and they have someone with a really similar name that I always
0: confuse. Well, there's also Jordan it. Hill on the Lakers.
2: Yeah, that's not my confusion. I don't watch the NBA anymore. Um, oh, why? Well, <laughs> that's what, why what happened to the Sonics? <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, well, we could do. Yeah. Um that's, but, a valid, yeah, that's a more valid. valid. he's a backup
1: defensive lineman.
0: Who, he's a rotational guy, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so give us one more, one more guy. Eight.
0: Wait, but all three of your numbers were single digits. You know, you have like the whole one to hundred. You're like Pete Carroll uh, with the okay, playbook. Fine. You gotta, you gotta like take advantage. All right, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: Pete Carroll would have picked 40. 9, 11, and inside job <laughs> as his three numbers. Forty-eight. <laughs> what? I'm go Forty-eight. Forty-eight. Who's Brock Coyle? It's a good name. It is a good name. Brock, always, Brock is always a good name. Brock is a good name. Brock Chester.
0: Brock, Brock Wiener Curtis. Wasn't that name. one of the names? Wasn't
2: one of the names in the fake porno that Dirk Diggler made? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I thought right? I like, thought you were going
1: to say on, in the Big Lebowski like movie, Brock, like the movie in the movie. Um,
2: I want to say he's Coyle a backup, Fixes the cable. He's a, a backup safety, but I'm not positive. I think he's Bobby not,
1: Wagner's backup at
2: linebacker. Uh, okay, he's probably never seen the field. Yeah,
0: all right. It's bad things have happened. Like, if you seen the field. By the way, I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm looking at Skype, and, and Josh is on his fiance's. Uh, Skype name. So it's a conversation between Wienerker and Wienerman. And I'm just thinking like, Josh, if your fiance was to marry Akiva and to like hyphenate her name,
1: Wienermann no. Wieneker
0: yeah that'd be my
2: fiance <laughs> just met Akiva just a very short time what'd ago what'd you think
0: what'd you think that she's not going to take her name if she marries you <laughs> yeah probably not she almost left me for you <laughs> yes um, if she didn't know that you had so much baggage of all the kids you know uh,
1: that is a lot of baggage three
0: kids Yeah, well yeah. a lot of baggage at least 32 podcasts is a lot of baggage also <laughs> but we're yeah. done we're done That—that those are the only two reasons <laughs> that was it that was it otherwise otherwise, match otherwise made in heaven. he's
2: pretty irresistible to, to women across the world no question I'd, I'd say Wieneker. that's Pretty
1: much if you if said like tell me one thing about akiva thats like women cannot resist it <laughs> and you took yourself out of the game at
0: such a young age I know that's, that's what that's what
1: drives the whole gender crazy yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, okay. So we discussed three of the guys I never heard of on your defense. So let's talk about the rest of them. Um you I think you have 10 of 11 starters back on defense, which is pretty good. You lost Byron Maxwell. Um right. but you've also lost quite a bit of depth. You lost, you know, Super Bowl MVP Malcolm Smith. The only big he was gone last year, I believe, or he didn't play last yeah. year. Yeah. The o- the only big name you added on your defense was The rookie from Michigan, the uh, pass rusher rusher slash wife beater, wife beater or
2: girlfriend beater. It's okay, girlfriend.
0: Girlfriend beater, uh, Frank Clark. So you know, talk to us a little bit about this defense because you know this defense has really been you know the best in the league for the last few years, and really is sort of drives how far this team is going to go.
2: I think that the two most important players and have been um now for a couple of years in a row everyone would want to say sherman but it's really not sherman it's much more michael bennett and earl thomas michael bennett like kind of single-handedly is like a a line crusher he just like takes up two defenders on every play he can rush the edge he can go up the middle he he's just a huge disruptor and you know frank clark is you know the very early returns are that that he's a very similar player to Michael Bennett um that he's a monster who can't really be blocked on the edge you can go up the middle he's not going to maybe post double digit sacks but he's going to take up just a ton of space but ultimately like everything is kind of revolves around Earl Thomas um they can't they don't have much of a chance to to do their scheme without him because truthfully he can play in the middle of the field it lets you know Cam Chancellor uh whenever he comes back uh, to just kind of roam up ahead and just beat the shit out of anyone who tries to come over the middle or up the middle, and um, it lets Sherman stay one-on-one and, like, press coverage because no one ever throws deep on them. The only guys I can remember last year, I remember, believe it or not, Kirk Cousins threw deep on them when, like, <laughs> Sherman fell down. Yeah, and, and Andrew Luck did it two years ago, um, and Andrew Luck is pretty awesome. So, like, there are very few people who even take deep shots against them. Um, people just dink and dung on them all day and it's really because they don't have time to throw even when they don't get a lot of sacks and it's because they won't throw deep against thomas because they just can't they just don't think they can ever
1: so uh, as a jets fan i'm I'm certainly familiar with the idea of having one like super shutdown corner in in uh, revis and then the because you have this corner that no one wants to go near and you know, maybe they'll test it. Every quarterback comes in like, oh, this guy's not so good. And they test it once. And like, it's almost intercepting like, oh, I'm never going there the rest of the game. Um, so the same thing with Sherman, the problem is it puts so much emphasis on the other side of the field with, you know, so now it's Carrie Williams and whoever the Nickelback is, and they're going to get thrown out way more than the average, you know, starting cornerback will. Uh, and if, you know, you're familiar with the, uh, the Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown against Antonio Cromartie and Kyle Wilson from a
0: few years ago. Like By the if, way, Victor get tested- Cruz was at the U.S. Open with me last night. Oh, very nice. He got a hearty you cheer. Pro- they showed A-Rod next. Not the same reaction.
1: <laughs> Who had better seats? You were Victor Cruz? Anyway, so, like, what, you know, do you, like, I mean, from what you know and from what you've, the little you've seen of Carrie Williams and who's the nickelback, Jeremy Lane? Um, yeah, well,
2: he's he's not coming back for a little bit. He, he just, I think he tore his... Everything uh, in the Super Bowl, he like broke his arm and right, tore right. something in his knee.
1: So who's taking his? Who's play. in his stead right now?
2: Um, they have a lot. They're trying to go with a lot of different like rookies and free. Like they're they're that's their biggest um, trouble spot. Honestly, um, not that Lane was great last year, but he was certainly better than whoever they're going to put out there to start. They like this rookie Ty Smith, um, who they're probably going to put at nickel a lot, um, but until Lane comes back. They're hoping Kerry Williams can be an approximation of Byron Maxwell, who truthfully only got as he had, like, people paid the Seahawks tax for him because he's not that good. Um, like, he's fine. But he – you know, you look – in some ways you look a lot better and I guess a lot worse when you're on a team um, that is targeting you all the time because you get more picks, you get more pass defenses, um, things like that. But, you know, that that's going to be their – their biggest struggle and with cam chancellor out i think it's a a bigger issue than you know anyone any seahawks fan really wants to think about
1: in terms of the linebackers like do you see anybody or really the rest of the defense as a whole like is there anyone you see like taking one more step i mean some of these guys are you know like starting to be at the outskirts of their prime like is is there anyone you see like really stepping up and becoming like uh you know the next sherman or earl thomas um
2: i think the best bet is someone like kj wright uh, who, you know, he's one of their linebackers, and he is—he's a really rangy, good player. He, he defends other tight ends pretty well. Um, but on, I mean, honestly, they still have room. I think that Frank Clark stands to be one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest like surprises of the year, and like would not be surprised to see him win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, and Bobby Wagner, I think he's only. You know, he's only been in the league two years um, or was it's either two or three years and he was an all pro last year and he missed a few games. So, you know, him being in there for the whole season, hopefully um, makes it like I think, you know, the same stat that you had with Max Unger, there's a similar stat with the defense. Like I think he basically missed two or three games in the middle of last year when the defense kind of took a big nosedive. And then when he came back, that's when they went
0: on their um, six-game run to end the season. All right, so now let's t- take a look at the schedule this upcoming year. You guys have a brutal schedule, which is you know, not only the reward for being a first-place team, but also you, uh, this year the NFC West faces probably the two toughest divisions in the AFC North and the NFC North. So I think you have 10 playoff teams on the schedule. Uh, week one, you start on the road at St. Louis. Not a playoff team, but an improving team.
2: No, th- truthfully, that's... They're, they struggle in St. Louis every year. They've lost two out of the last three, um, and the only one they won was against Kellen Clemens. They lost there last year. Um, there was a lot of trickery involved to, to do it. Um, like They threw everything they could at the Seahawks, but they struggle against them at home too. There's something about the Rams uh, that you know I would not be surprised at all to see them lose.
0: Yeah, and actually our Rams fan had a had a win predicted there for the Rams as well. So you start yes. 0-1-1, and then it gets tougher than you go Sunday Night Football at Green Bay.
2: Well I would say that you know it's obviously unlikely the Seahawks do definitely bring it in prime time kind of to me depends if Randall Cobb is back I mean I think the early indications were that he'd probably be fine but if he's out um, I'd say it's anyone's game because Seahawks are pretty good at neutralizing um, any team's running back so even I mean they've had they've played Aaron Rodgers twice in seattle and they have or three times in seattle and they have really kept him in check but they're a different team in seattle so you know i'd probably have to give the edge obviously to green bay playing at home but wouldn't be shocked to see them pull it off
0: all right but for the purposes of a, of calling a win or a I'll loss, i'll have right to now.
2: say a loss i wouldn't be shocked to see zero and two okay so you year.
0: start O and two then you come home gets a little bit easier you're facing the bears
2: yeah that's easy yeah then the next
0: week monday night football at home against the lions Uh, for sure all right two and two then on the road again another tough game at cincinnati
2: i think that's the kind of team that they really can can control i think they you know can can force a few turnovers against someone like dalton um i'd have to put that as a win
0: all right three and two then you're back at home against carolina
2: well they haven't lost to them yet in seattle so i'm gonna i'm gonna go and they haven't lost to them in carolina either so I'm going to go for yeah, they had that there. ugly
0: 12 seven game in week one, a couple of years every, ago,
2: every year, every year they, they played them the last uh, three years, I think in Carolina and every game is like 15, 12 and like 15, 12, nine. Like they're really ugly games, but um, they pulled them off and they've all been
0: in Carolina and they beat them in the playoffs. So. All right. So now you're four and two and then a short week, you only have three days to go to San Francisco. And you know, it's crazy. This was just such a, an amazing rivalry for a few years. And, and now this just looks like a, like a, and even last year, actually Seattle really, you know, dominated the rivalry, And now this just looks like a terrible yeah, right. game. Although it's on short rest. It's on the road.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean this could very easily change, but I'm going to say a win. Like they, I think everyone is kind of punting on them really quickly. I think, you know, Kaepernick had a really bad year last year, but he's still like a freak of nature. But I guess for, for these purposes, I'll have to say
0: away. All right, so 5-2, and, and now going into the bye, another really tough road game, this one at Dallas.
2: I think that's the kind of game that they lose. Um, with, a, with an offensive line like Dallas, they really – if they can't get pressure, then Romo can just pick them apart all day. I think they do have the ability – because of Sherman – they can really kind of shut down guys like Dez. They're one of the few teams equipped to stop big receivers, but I think that the other guys kind of run wild in that game with, with all the time in the world. So I'm going to say a loss.
1: So after the bye, you guys have a three-game home stretch, uh, and it starts uh, Sunday night hosting the Cardinals.
2: I got to say a win. They, I think they lost one game in their Super Bowl year at home against the Cardinals. I think it was their only loss.
0: And Carson Palmer had like four um, interceptions in that game.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was just a, a mess of a game. But I, I think that that's the kind of game the Seahawks um, now, you know, win.
1: And then for the second uh, time in exactly a month, you you host the Niners.
2: Well, if I picked them to win on the road, I got to pick them to win at home. Actually, they they kind of beat the shit out of them at home, even when they were good. So I'm definitely going with the win there.
1: And then you guys host... Uh, this There's a fun matchup you don't see too often. Uh, Pittsburgh comes to town. Ah, rematch of that
0: Super Bowl.
2: Oh, uh, I think... I mean... I know I'm sounding super Homerish here, but I think given how uh, I mean you have one of the best teams be, in the league,
0: you're allowed to predict them to win yeah. games.
2: So, like being as psyched up as they'll be to face, like I, everyone hates the Steelers there. Yeah, like they they got to pull that game off.
1: Uh, so they sweep I, the home I, stretch I to win. go to eight and three. Yeah, and then I think so, December sixth in Minnesota. I think you and Chester should fly there together.
2: Yeah, that that'd be a good that'd be a good move. Um, where? I don't know. I think that I want to give this to Chester. You know what I mean? I kind of feel for
1: him. No, a little no, bit. Don't, no
0: feelings here. What do you? Chester, what, are you what do you predict?
1: Um, did you have the Seahawks winning this game?
0: I think I did. Yeah, yeah. I have the Vikings in a swoon, like around Thanksgiving time.
2: <laughs> um, I think that's the. A
0: lot of apprehension here.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it, I feel like it's got to be close, you know. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to the Vikings. I just got a feeling about it.
1: And then uh, Sunday night in Baltimore.
0: More purple. That's a purple road trip.
2: Yeah. Um, I think that's got to be a loss. I mean, in, in Baltimore, it's like one of the, you know, uh, one of the top places, to hardest places to play um, along with Seattle. So I think I got to give them uh, the win there. Five yeah. in five.
1: Now, do you... Uh, do you save the Seahawks if you're if you're been in a big survivor pool that you need to get to, you know week 17 to win? Do you save the Seahawks for this game week 15 hosting Cleveland? Do you use them against <laughs> the Niners? Do you you know you the use them against the Bears in week three? Like what do you do? I feel
2: like the Bears the Bears so far of all the games you've described the Bears I think are probably the easiest
0: game. Well, we'll also we'll get two weeks to see the Bears, but there's no way in hell they're starting going three. So and it's the home opener.
2: They're just gonna like. If the Seahawks go one and one to start the year between the Rams and and Green Bay, I think they're in really good shape because um, like they're going to kick the shit out of the Bears. They just um, the Bears are bad, and they're going to be amped up at home. And like, wait, record backwards. Someone, <laughs> yeah, sorry, go ahead. All right, so that so so Browns
1: game is a win, right?
2: Brown's came to
1: and then hosting the the rams
2: hosting the rams i mean all those games are close but they they've also won all the home games over the last you know three or four years
1: oh so you'll be 10 and 5 going to this last game in arizona give me the other three teams in your division's records at that point <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, not just their um, final record but their record
2: in week 16 please go yes right um <laughs> Arizona is gonna be something like
0: nine and six. So wait, if they win this game, does that mean they could win the division?
1: Yeah, you're predicting this game to be
0: for the division. If you're ten and five, or I mean maybe you already have a tiebreaker, I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, St. Louis and San Francisco will both be irrelevant at that point. So, you know, I think they'll both, you know, end up somewhere around six and two, seven and nine at best. I think that Arizona like has potential. It, it, it you know what, they're such a their team is so dependent on Carson Palmer staying healthy because they just have a shit sandwich after that. Um, They really just have no one that can can fill the void. And even with him, they're not great, but they're good enough to beat all the bad teams that they should. So I think there's a chance that it's for the division. I mean, I think I'm being kind of pessimistic about the Seahawks schedule, and I haven't really looked at Arizona's schedule, but I'm being somewhat optimistic about theirs. But yeah, I think it's possible that we go into that, and that game is actually important, at least for seeding or something. And are
0: you going to win or lose?
2: You know, they've won the last couple of years, um, even you know at full stre- when Arizona was at full strength, I think they got to pull it off. I think they've gotten used to playing there, where they they used to have trouble there, and then I think the last two or three years they've they've won pretty easily down there. So I would expect that. All
0: right, so that that puts to, you at eleven um, and continue. five atop the division, but probably behind at least Green Bay for the one seed who beat you. And then I don't know, possibly Dallas, who's also beaten you. I don't know if, if they'll they'll be eleven and five or better, in which case they'd have the tiebreaker or or if you see Philly coming ahead in that division. But so you're expecting the Seahawks to slot in like a two or a three seed, something like that?
2: Yeah, um I think that's like the more realistic expectation. You know, a lot could change. Honestly, I think Cam coming back uh helps them more than his like any stat or anything like that could possibly dictate. And you know, I'm pretty new school when it comes to um when it comes to baseball but i'm pretty old school when it comes to football um and would would ex, like i think he makes a bigger impact thing. and i think like one of the one or two of those losses that i kind of predicted to happen um might change around with with someone good what's
0: the expectation for the season like do you need to win the super bowl to say the season wasn't a failure
2: i think they have to get to the championship game at least for it to be i mean it's hard for any real fan to say that anything less than winning the Super Bowl, especially when you have the chance. Meaning, like, I would consider when they lost to Atlanta a few years ago, like, that was a successful season because that's when they really started to gel. But now, like, given their current roster structure, they don't they don't have a huge window. Um, they're paying a handful of guys so much money that it's very hard to keep doing this year after year. So I do kind of suspect that if they don't make it to at least the championship game, they're like, it's not really a successful season for them.
0: All right. So, you know, it's interesting at Kiva that, um, you know, I've sort of run my predictions versus our guests and for every team ranked six through 32, our guest has a uh, higher prediction for their team than I do, which I sort of indicates the Homerism, but for these teams in the top five, I think I'm actually higher on them than, than their fans. I don't know. Maybe it's when you're, when you're a fan of a team that that's, that's, that is that good consistently, maybe you, you know, sober up a little bit and you sort of have higher expectations. Uh, We would have
1: no idea. I don't know.
0: It's a little surprising (laughs) to me. I think, I think it's like trying to
2: temper your excitement a little bit because part of me knows how difficult it is for a team to get back to three straight Super Bowls. And to expect that is like a little crazy. Even if they probably do still have the most talented team in the league, like you know, I think the Patriots got significantly worse. Um, I think that Green Bay got significantly worse by losing their best, their second-best offensive player. The Seahawks didn't get significantly worse. They got a little bit worse, but, like, it's very hard to not... And, and they might have gotten a little bit... You know, they might have gotten a little bit worse on defense, but they might have gotten, like, a decent amount better on offense. So, like... For me, it's kind of about setting expectations because I do have high hopes for them. Um, but I think anything less than the Super Bowl is kind of a bust for them at this point. So
0: uh, we were about to wrap up this podcast and turn to uh, get ready for a recording our number one episode, which will be tomorrow, which will be the Green Bay Packers. But I noticed on Skype my uh, Seattle local man on the scene, Ari Gleischer, just signed on. Ari, are you there?
3: I'm here. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, so we are talking to Josh Grashin about the Seattle Seahawks, and we we're just wrapping up our episode. Uh, but tell us what it's like to be in Seattle and not a Seahawks fan.
3: It's been kind of nuts. Like it's, I mean, we got here when Russell Wilson got here. So watching this whole sort of Seahawks rush come on, it came on really fast. So it's been – well, I've liked it. I thought it's been a lot of fun being here while the Seahawks have been good like i i wish i was like more a part of it like i'm i'm sort of tangential to it but it's fun that they're winning like everyone's super into it you know alright josh was looking at that
0: that Seahawks schedule the game that he is most confident about the easiest game on the schedule this year is week 3 the home opener against the bears yeah that's that's fair well let's say the God, color- Cutler's gonna get killed in that game well let's say Cutler, Cutler- pulls Cutler- let's say Cutler pulls off a miracle and wins um you know do you throw on your Bears jersey and run through the streets like a crazy naked man or
3: well I I think I'd probably not do that if we were one and two after that happened. <laughs> so, what am I gonna do I mean I don't know I wouldn't like rub it in I'd just be really elated that they won a game in Seattle like that's I'm not really concerned of what I'll do when that doesn't happen.
0: So there you have it. Josh Grashen, confident that the Seattle Seahawks will uh, win another division and be back in the playoffs. And there's no reason to think that they won't. And that means that Akiva, we have slogged through 31 teams. We have just one left.
1: Win no week for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, the Green Bay Can Packers. Can I say
3: one thing? Go ahead. You, you put the Seahawks too high. <sighs> I think their secondary secondaries in more trouble than anyone thinks. Who's better than Seattle besides Greenback? New England? The Pats are definitely better. What about Philly? New England
2: lost their entire secondary, though. Their their entire, like what got them to the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, they lost like, three guys. For they their got secondary. Brady, but they lost Daryl Revis. They lost their best player. You're right, but the Pats.
1: What about Philly, Gleischer? Is Philly better? No, come on. Get out. Is up. Dallas better? I,
3: I guess the Seahawks should be three, so I don't Is think Dallas really better. Wait, do I? Is yeah, Minnesota oh, Dallas, Dallas is better.
2: What? Wait, you really think so? I don't know why everyone thinks Dallas defense is, is good enough yeah, to compete. I feel like they pulled their a miracle last awesome. year, Dallas. Their offense is awesome. Like their best offensive line in of the league, maybe the best receiver in the league. But, like, I don't think they have the defense to stay with someone consistently in the playoffs. I don't think they – but, I mean, they're, they're good. They could certainly get like, Is Indianapolis better than far. Seattle? Sure.
3: No. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think the Seahawks have been so good the last two years that this year they're much worse than they've been, and they're still probably two or three. Right. Really, what it is. They're much worse than they were last year. That's what I mean. But I guess no one else is really at that level.
0: All right. So, everyone, enjoy football tonight. It will be the Pats and the Steelers. Two very hateable franchises, I think.
3: Yeah, totally hateable. I'm rooting
0: for a tie. Rooting for an explosion. <laughs> yeah, the two teams that have beat you guys in the Super Bowl, that's true. But you know, but we're excited at least the football's back. And tomorrow Akeeve and I will be back. It's been thirty two fans in thirty two days. Tomorrow is day thirty two and we will have the number one ranked Green Bay Packers. So we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night and enjoy Great. football. Good night. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us.